Hello and good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are at this time. Um, today is a good day to go over some more of my podcast. I was thinking uh, we go over a little bit more in depth of uh, different de- houses, like newer houses that I've seen lately, and what to expect from them. Um, there are some good things about newer houses, there are always some bad things, and then also... I wanted to go over how different it is when you build houses. Uh, A lot of people want to start building houses. I've talked to a couple of realtors right now, and they're going to start building their own houses on their own land. So they have to buy land and, you know, and then build the houses on it. And I find this to be very, it's very good at the same time. um, It has a lot of issues in the, in the, in the long run and, not to mention all the permits. Uh, the permits alone to build a house start about eighteen thousand and goes up to roughly about two hundred and thirty-nine thousand, depending on how big your house is. So I've met, I've met a lot of people uh, recently, some realtors uh, in the Bay Area, who are thinking about buying houses, uh, property first in Southern California, and then or other states. Like Texas and so forth, and then building houses on top of that uh, to save money because the housing market in California has skyrocketed and it's gone to, you know, a 1,700 square foot house is selling for roughly 625000 or 624000 That's a really high amount for something that small. And it's going to be more... Uh, difficult to buy houses in California because of the prices uh, should be lowering soon because of the feds. But right now it's, it's still changing in the market. And a lot of people coming to the United States, uh, if you're going to buy houses, the best part is Northern California right now because Southern California is just, or I say Central California is probably a little bit better, but Southern California is just outrageous in prices. I I would never recommend anybody to go Southern California and buy a house right now. Um, the, I was just in Oakland a couple days ago doing a home inspection. The house was built in 1942. And the biggest issue was um, sewer lateral. Uh, so a sewer lateral is the, the piping going underneath the ground, the sewage going underneath the ground. And then going out to the street. So that pipe was cast iron. It was original. Any original piping sewer lateral can always have uh, damage or you know holes or creases that could cause additional issues in the future. And so the city requests that every house sold in Oakland uh, have a sewer lateral inspection and certification. And it's uh, it's just one of those things in Oakland that I, I think that's ridiculous. But yeah, a lot of the houses, some of the you know piping's been redone, and it looks good. But basically, the certificate requires that anyone building a house or remodeling a house over one hundred thousand dollars has to have the certification. There's other stipulations as well, but the fact that this the certification is required makes it kind of more difficult to buy a house in Oakland. Now you go to San Francisco, it's a little bit different. San Francisco does not have an aggregate issue and therefore 
does not need a sewer lateral certification. But that's just, you know, because I think it's because Oakland's so close to San Francisco and the bridge or uh, some issue there with previous piping. And some of the houses in Oakland that I've inspected were from 1889 uh, to 1956 or so forth. So they're, they're pretty old. And you can see why they probably want to have um, some kind of certification per each home cell. I think that's ridiculous. The certification itself costs money, but the inspection is free. So let's say you go to sell your house in Oakland and your realtor says, okay, we need to get a sewer lateral inspection. You call a plumber. They come out. They do the sewer lateral inspection for free, of course. And they give you a price of anywhere from like, you know, a couple hundred dollars to $5,000 to change the sewer lateral depending on the circumstances. Yeah, that's how bad it can get. And it's that's just ridiculous that you would have so much, um, so much money for something, just a home sale. I'm just selling my house and I have to have this extra thing, you know. So every county's different, but it's just ridiculous how. Oakland is that ridiculous. <laughs> it's just crazy because, you know, everybody wants money. The government seems to want more money than anybody else. In California, we have a double tax for gas. So if you want to go to the gas station and get gas, you're being taxed two times on top of that. So if the price is, you know, $2, you're being charged $0.60 cents and $0.60, cents, so $1.20 on top. So you're being charged three sixty. For two dollars of gas, so we're up to about five dollars and twenty-three cents, something like that, uh, for a gallon of gas right now in California. So yeah, gas is extremely high. Housing tax is pretty high. It's twenty-seven thousand dollars when you sell your home. So let's say you go to sell your home in California, and you want to sell for five hundred thousand dollars. Well, if you get a realtor, you're paying $27,000 plus you're paying the title company another $3,500. So you've just wasted a bunch of money out of the money you're going to be getting uh, for your house. And I don't know why they're doing this. I feel like it's it's um, it's part of a, a bigger scheme to, to make money from every home sell. And I think that's why the home value went up too is because the Title companies were making a bunch of money, and other people were as well. Okay, so let's go on to the new houses that they um, that they're building. So I just found out they are building about another 850 homes near my house. So near my house, uh, which is in Elk Grove, California, we have about 14 fields, huge fields, like at least. Anywhere from 80,000 to 160,000 square feet of just nothingness. Just a field. Well, now they've torn all those fields out. And there's trucks in every one of them. Uh, let's say one, two, three. There's about four different spots. They're about 160,000 square feet or greater. And they're just building fields. Uh, they're just building houses. So they're going to start building houses in every area that doesn't have a house where I live and the housing price is crazy so I am, was going to go around to each of these new areas and see how much they're selling the houses for I haven't gone yet because the houses aren't even uh, I think this uh, the sample homes are up 
but there's still wood. There's no like exterior stucco or anything like that. So they're still building. So whenever that happens, I'll go out there and I'll find out the prices and I'll throw on my podcast and, and give you more detail. Uh, but they are building a lot more homes. And then I was in Stockton on my way back from Oakland and uh, I noticed that they're also building new homes out there as well. New homes in Lodi. So all the way to my house, there's areas where they're building new homes. You can see everything. So you can just like, even on the freeway, you can see new homes being built. You can see the framings up. They're just building, building, building. Everywhere in California, building, building, building. Now, the biggest issue with that is that we have an expected flooding in California, uh, probably by 2050. So it means that por- portions of California will be underwater. Bay Area, L.A., uh, so like San Francisco, L.A., Oakland area, uh, any area near major waterways will probably be underwater and have high flooding. And it's not because of the solar ice caps. It's because of global warming. So global warming is an effect that has been causing uh, either hotter summers, um, you know, or, or flooding, or other issues like rain, unexpected rain. We never had rain before, or extended droughts, like they say in California, which is odd because last summer, no, two summers ago, it got up to 118 degrees here in California. It's the first time ever. I think it was like 119. But it's the first time ever in California's history. Then, last year, or this year, last year to this year, it hasn't even hit close to that. I think 115 was the highest. This year it was 113. It's been going down. So it went up, then it went down. And this summer, we've had maybe two weeks of 100 degrees weather in a row. And then we had one uh, week that was 100 degrees weather that was not in a row with the other two. So we've had some 100 degree weather, 100 to 112 uh, in the beginning. But now we're like down to 101, 104. And that's like the normal anyway for California. It's like 104. Um, But it's been very cloudy. Very, very cloudy. So it's like, even though we've had 100 degree weather, it's still cloudy and and there's no um, there's no issues for the, you know, people that, well, they do say people stay inside. But yeah, so the house is being built in 100 degree weather every day and all over the place. It's just unheard of. In, in a time where the feds have raised the rates for... I think it's like for anyone buying a house up to like 6.2 or 6.5. It's going to go up to 7.0 soon. And then you have the um, up to 7% for first-time home buyers in California uh, coming into effect. Uh, it was like last week or so. So there's there's a lot of incentive to buy and a lot of incentive to build. But it's going to be at a high rate where the government gets more money. The, the state gets more money from whoever buys houses than the actual people buying the houses. So you're going to have a higher rate. So if you want to buy a house in California, I'd say that, I mean, 
it really, I would, some people, well, I would, I would see if you can find a lender to get you down to 4.0 first, because lenders can really push the boundary and some can get to 4.0 or 5.0 or 4.5. So there are some lenders doing 4.5 still. So you can go around, look for a house, talk to a realtor, get a, get a good lender, get a low rate, buy a house in California, um, but you're paying a lot of money. Like I said in my last episode, it's not sufficient to purchase a brand new home at this time. I would definitely recommend like at least a two-year-old home. And there's a lot of reasons. I'm sure you, you listened to the last podcast, so you know most of the reasons that I'm going through. Um, but it's 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 interesting. I'm just dumbfounded on why they're building so many homes. The rates are going up. And some people are buying, some people are not. And it depends on the company, too. Some companies are building houses with really bad defects. And they're not even helping the homeowner. So they're building the house. Homeowner buys the house. They move in. They find defects and issues. Or they hired me to come in to do all these inspections. And then I find the defects and, and issues. And then half the time, they don't even want to fix it. Yesterday, I was in uh, when I was in Oakland, this lady... Says she's having a house built, and she showed me pictures of her her um, walls. This is a, okay. This house is about ninety percent built, and the walls already have stress cracks, settling cracks, and these are the lines that go up and down, not uh, vertical. So up and down, horizontal, or um, usually it's horizontal. There's there's some. Uh, vertical lines like near doors framing uh, window framing but most of the time it's horizontal and the lines usually will be the separation from the sheetrock tape so like the sheetrock tape that they put in in between the two sheetrock pieces when they build a home to cover it up before they put the paint on they would put this really nice tape on and then they um, they glue it on after they put on the, the the nails. And it's like it holds in the nails, blocks and covers them while they paint. That way there's not little grooves in the sheetrock when they're painting. Um, well, when they put the paint on, sometimes the house will you know shift, heave or so forth during the summer or winter time that it does cause that separation. It's very common. And almost every house. I mean, there's, there's no house that... That it's free of this. Well, she's shown me about 13 of these cracks. So it's a lot of tape separation. And when that's happening, you're usually it's because they, they either didn't do a good job when they put the tape on in the first place, which is very common for newbies who maybe have, haven't done it very long, maybe a year. Anyone who's done sheetrock install for about a year usually makes a lot of mistakes. Including cutting the sheetrock in the wrong areas, making it too short. Uh, I think I went to one house last week or a few days ago where the master bedroom, you can literally see the wall just dip down, really big dip, and then back up where they tried to fix it with caulking and, and another piece of sheetrock. But it wasn't. It was like 
it looked horrible. And it was in a master bedroom. So I was like, it's very noticeable. But this guy, this guy's been living there for about four months and he never noticed it. I was like, wow. I mean, this is, I mean, I just walked into the room I saw immediately. And he's been there for four months and he never even saw, noticed a thing. He's like, now I look at him like, oh my gosh, how can I not ever notice it? I'm like, yeah, well, that's why we have the inspector's eye. You know, the home inspectors, we have the certain eye that we, when we go to a house, we can see everything. I mean, it's just this thing that we've been doing for so long that, you know, you catch it just like anybody who's been working on a job for very, very long. They know exactly what to look for. And uh, so I found that and we brought it to the builder's attention. And the builder said, um, oh, the guy who did that was new. And yeah, they're not going to repair it. And I said, well, you got to repair this. This is just horrible. And he says, well, it's, it's considered an aesthetic, which he is right. It is considered an aesthetic at this time. And it doesn't look to the point where it's cracking, breaking, chipping, or having additional issues. But as an aesthetic, can you really tell the homeowner that you won't cut that area and just put a piece underneath and re-satisfy it so it makes it look nicer? I mean, you're really just going to build a home sloppy like this and just let it be? I mean, that's, that's pretty bad that the these contractors, they just want to be done with the sale. Now, I found out that a lot of these contractors are actually pooling their money. So they actually don't even have money at all. They're getting loans. So a lot of these new homes being built, the contractors are getting these loans. And the loans are going into a pot. And then the pot is pulling for the materials and everything to build the house. And the overseers are rich, wealthy Americans who have put money into this pot for investment. Now, basically, they're putting money into these companies like... um, Keller Morrison, Lennar, ABC Homes, Voyer, um, Voyer Homes, and so forth. They're putting money towards these companies to make more money from these companies for every home. Now, I originally thought that all the money was going to go to the back to the contractors. But kind of find out, the contractors are not getting you know, 100% of this money. Not even 90% of the money. Most of the time, they're getting like 80 to 85, some are even 75%. So they're getting a lot of money, but they're just not, but they have to keep building homes, you know. So it's, um, it's interesting that, uh, you kind of find out that everybody has a, has a little hand in these new houses being built. And that's how they're doing it. So you have these investors investing money and then Lennar and them getting the contractors. And then the, all the money, there's some money already in a pool. Contractors put their money in as well. And then, once everything's approved by the city and they do all their architectural work from a structural architect and, and written everything down, basically there's only three different models, sometimes four different models, and they'll submit all of them at once. And then the permit for every home is about 293000 to, well, about 228000 to 293000 depending on how big the house is. If it's a 3,500 square foot house, you're getting about 223000 and then it goes up, um, depending if it's 4,500 square feet. So the biggest house being built right now, 
is from um, Taylor Morrison, and it's about 45, 69 square feet, and it's called the Drake. And then you have Lennar building a 2,600-square-foot home. So three, some of them are 3,000, but very rare. Excuse me, I have to get my, my morning coffee in. Um, and then you have um, Boyer Homes, who are building 3,500-square-foot homes at max. But this is, the, this is the issue with Voyeur is the building them so close together that the backyards are extremely tiny and there's no front yard really. So they're, they're giving you about 10 feet of front yard and 12 feet long, I'm sorry, 12 feet wide to 15 feet wide uh, to 26 feet long backyards. So you're getting about not a very big backyard. Basically, you're getting enough room to put some chairs in. You can't build a pool at all. It'd be too close to the house. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of issues with that. And a lot of people, they're finding ways to make their backyards nice. But it's not... Um, it doesn't look sufficient enough to me. I mean, some of the backyards in Mountain House, for example, are very small. And these new houses being built in... Uh, Elk Grove, I haven't really seen much of any of the backyards, but they're still being built. I think they'll be done. It looks like they'll be done by February. So I think I can go over and I can start putting flyers up and talking to the homeowners uh, about doing the inspections for their, their new build before their one year's up. But yeah, it's it's good for me, of course. But I, I'm here to help other homeowners because I'm a homeowner for homeowners, you know. That's the reason why I became a home inspector. And I'm not going to – to um, I don't charge a bunch of money. I don't charge like $500 to do a home inspection on a new build home. I probably charge $100 less than what I normally would charge. So if it's a 3,500 square feet home, the normal price uh, for 3,500 is 525 in Elk Grove and Stockton. But usually most home inspectors would do like five fifty. And if it's in the Bay Area it's like six hundred to six fifty. So I would probably charge about four twenty five, close to four twenty five to do a home inspection on a new build home. Um, and then that way, you know, it saves them money. And some home inspections I've done as low as three seventy five uh, for a brand new build home. That was 35, 3,500 square feet. And I'm not, I'm not doing the home inspections for the new builds just to make money. I'm doing it to help the homeowner get what they need from the builder because they have to make tickets for everything. So I also do a lot more work. You know, I do the, the roof inspection with the drone. I go inside the house. I do my normal inspection. I do exterior inspection. I do water pressure testing. Um, and a lot of water pressure is below 40 psi because the city's added new water to their line and they don't want to they don't want to up the pressure so they have a um, the pressure regulators are high probably up too high anyway and a lot of them have been breaking the first four months um but i do it to help people not mostly just to do the home inspections i'm not here to, to profit from the new homes i want people to understand what they're buying and what they bought it's just not – I don't think it's best to buy a new home. Um, I have a couple new homes, and that's why 
I understand the process of new homes and, and also I'm a home inspector and I do a lot of studies uh, per um, ASHI. So I'm an ASHI member and and with ASHI, um, we have to do a lot of studying, like 20, 20 hours plus a year additional just to understand what's going on with the house. But new build houses, ASHI hasn't really found a whole seminar to do that yet. They have one, but it's, it's not like... It needs to be more in-depth, I believe. And I'm hoping that other home inspectors who have uh, different certifications from different uh, companies also have this information available to them for new-build homes. Um, I've been in home inspection business for about 14 years. We were based out of... Originally based out of Stockton. We moved to uh, Elk Grove, California, and then we have another office... Um, near Antioch. So I have two offices. And it's it's a very big difference when you're building a new home in the Bay Area to if you're building a new home uh, in Central California to Southern California. And the reason is, is not only the permits, because each county has their own regulations on what can and cannot be done. For example, if you build a new home in... Um, Mountain House, which is near Tracy, California, 20 miles away roughly, 20, I think it's like 26 miles away. Um, the regulation there is water pressure has to be 40 to 80 like normal. You have to have an expansion tank on the hot water heater for every new hot water heater installed um, after 2021. You have to have GFCI... But they've altered the way the GFCI uh, functions. So they have to actually have a GFCI. They can have a GFCI reset inside the uh, electrical panel instead of inside the house. They still have inside the house in some houses. But most of the time when I go to these new houses, I'm noticing they don't. It's it's all going to be in the um, sub-panel inside the garage or on the exterior of the house. But in 2017, they passed a, a law in California stating that any GFCI in the kitchen or bathrooms can be then represented inside the control panel instead of the home itself. It means you don't have to put any inside the house, but it is customary to put one inside the house so that the customer doesn't have to go all the way outside to trip the breaker, um, flip the breaker if it trips. Instead, they can just hit the GFCI outlet, and then boom, the outlet's reset, and they don't have to worry about it. Basically, it's just been crazy. These new houses, they're not doing that at all. They're just making the outlets themselves GFCI sufficient. And then they're putting the uh, reset inside the control panel or sub-panel inside the garage or exterior of the house, which makes it more difficult for the homeowner. And that's a rule that's changed in Elk Grove. They don't have that. In Lodi, you don't have to add an expansion tank for any new home after 2021 on any hot water heater. Expansion tanks were originally implemented uh, in 2017, and basically they were said that these expansion tanks would hold a certain amount of water. And this is for, it wasn't originally for tankless systems, this was for uh, tank systems. So it would the water would then circulate through an additional tank, a smaller tank, uh, and then pressurize itself and run through the hot water heater at an extensive rate and then that way you don't have to turn on your hot water in your kitchen or wherever and keep it on for two to three minutes before the water turns hot 
Instead, you would use the expansion tank. The water will already be hot. It would flow through. You turn on your hot water in the kitchen or the master bedroom, and it's hot within less than a minute. And then tankless hot water heaters came in, so the hot water heater would be instantaneous, which is actually in correct physics is actually 30 seconds before you actually get hot water in any portion of your house it's very very common and people are like hey i should have hot water right now but you're like no it's going to take a little while because you have to wait till the water flows through the system so now expansion tanks are added to almost every hot water heater uh in mountain house and then in lodi you don't have them at all and then in elk grove you have them again so every county is changing and altering the way that they're doing their houses and the way the houses should be built. <sighs> this makes it more complicated. Because when I'm doing my home inspections, I have to remember all this stuff. And I think it's just too much. We should have to deal with all that. That's just way too much. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. Well, anyway, hey, good morning again. I am still trying to wake up. Oh, I can't believe it's... It's about 8.39 a.m. where I'm at. If it's afternoon or evening for you, I hope you had a great day. Had a good morning. Um, again, my name is Danny. I'm with the Home Inspection Network. And um, I'm going over some of the new houses. I think that we need to look... Uh, if you do your due diligence... Buying a new house won't be a bad idea for you. If you like that kind of thing, if you're into new houses. If you go into a new house, the first thing you need to look for, and I'll put you into the brain of a home inspector. That way you get kind of a, an idea of what I do during my home inspection. Okay, so we'll, we'll do it like um, like a first side view here. So you walk through the front door of the new built house. And you're in the the foyer. And you don't even need to worry about this area. This area really doesn't have much. The only thing is maybe if you look at the ceiling and look at the right, left sides of the corners. The ceiling usually has archways in the foyer that go to the right or straight, depending. Sometimes even to the left, depending on the way your house is built. If you're an opposite of your neighbors. Then they'll be cracking along this, this foyer upper ceiling area. Those are settling cracks. They're hairline cracks. They're nothing. You can't do anything about those. You will need to fix them yourself. To fix those, you're going to use a non-shrinkable caulking. And you're just going to use a touch-up paint. So try to find the same paint. If you can get some from the builder, that's great. And you're going to use a sponge uh, brush. And you're going to go ahead and pat these areas in after you've caulked them with a small amount of caulking. Uh, you can sand the area to make it look more flat. You can even use a texture paint if you want to retexturize that area. You don't necessarily need to, though. Now we'll move into the first hall. And if there's a bedroom here, we definitely want to check out that bedroom. So in the bedroom, if there is a bedroom, you want to uh, first go to the window. Don't worry about the room yet. We always start from the back of the room, work our way forward. So we go into the bedroom, we go into the uh, the window area, and we look at the bottom left, the bottom right corner of the windowsill. So if you're at the window, looking straight at the window, instead of opening it, you look to the right, 
and to the corner there where the wood starts and the the wall that crease right there that's your windowsill that's usually empty they caulk this area with a uh, stretchable caulking which will expand and it will stay in that area uh, and then they'll they'll paint it with either a white or a beige paint uh, usually it's going to be a, a polar white uh, or polar bear white uh, that's the most common in that area uh, left and right hand side if there's cracking there those are settling cracks you can go ahead and just recock this area and repaint upper ceiling area inside the window sill right above the window right corner left corner you're also going to have the same issue it's not very common but sometimes it happens but this is a good place to look open and close the window and check if it's vinyl if it is vinyl in the middle if it closes and opens to the left left to right instead of up to down <clears throat> excuse me that that middle section there it may rub because the vinyl uh middle section there may be popped out on the lower portion of it to pop it back in you'll need to use a type of glue it's a window glue you'll need to go to home depot or lowe's or whatever hardware store you have in your country and check for a um window solvent and then uh after looking at the window it opens and closes if it's up and down you usually don't have any problems if it's left to right you usually have more problems and then we'll go ahead and look underneath the windowsill and then we'll look around the room. The areas that are going to have the most settling cracks in a new built house, probably within the first two months, is going to be the corners. So you will check the corners, check the baseboards on all four sides. And then when you open up the closet, you're also going to check the ceiling, left, right hand side and upper portion of the closet doors. These areas are the most common to get settling cracks and issues in new built houses. Baseboards are like the probably the 42nd to 43rd issue because it's not very common the most common will be probably fifth will be windows first will be the biggest rooms will have cracking settling cracks um and you'll have a, a stucco cracking so that's always number one and then two, you'll have kitchen issues where you'll have caulking deterioration in the bathrooms and kitchens uh, along the countertops, probably the granite countertops mostly, very common. And then third will be bathrooms, caulking deterioration near the lower portion of the bathtub and the um, master bathroom, bath master shower, silicone caulking deterioration, uh, separation and incorrect caulking is always number three uh, so then after the bedroom we'll check the hallway usually we're good in the hallway always check for a smoke detector what else and then we'll go into the hallway underneath the stairs you'll have issues underneath the stairs usually underneath the stairs you're going to have issues with like caulking deterioration and then um we're going to have also issues in the main living room We'll have issues in the kitchen. We need to check the kitchen, double check the countertops underneath, around, and everywhere, just to make sure. And then we'll have the windows again in the kitchen, living room, dining room area. Usually you shouldn't see that much there. It's gonna be upstairs probably. Uh, okay, so the stairs. This is very important. 
if you have a brand new built house and you chose carpet, you did not get the upgrade, so you didn't get the low carpet, you got the high rise carpet, you're going to have issues with the, the uh, tax strip. A tax strip is a, a strip that they put all the way around a room or on the stairs near the base. It should be one less than one inch, roughly about um, one, f- uh, I'd say one third to one half of an inch from the riser of the stairs uh, outward. So if you put your foot on the stair and your foot goes all the way to the riser, which is the tip of that that rise there before the next step, um, there's a tack strip there. If you feel that with your finger, just move the carpet aside. If you can feel any type of the tack sticking up, there's a little nail there. You hurt yourself in the past. That's a health and safety issue, and that needs to be fixed. You can hammer them down. You can use different methods, but usually hammering down is, is the number one. Those hold the carpet in place, um, and that's how you stretch it. And then the left and right-hand side of the stairs for the new steps, uh, new houses, is all for new houses, um, there'll be a gap. If there's a gap, that's bad. Your fingers should not go in that gap. If there's no gap, that's good. It means that they did a good job, and they cut the wood to, to uh, the way they need, need to. Um, one moment here. Okay. And the the stairs are the number one. Uh, when it comes down to health and safety, it's like the number one issue you're going to find. Uh, usually, that's and that and gas. Uh, gas is has been a very big issue in new built homes and the attic spaces. So I'll check the you know the HVAC unit, and then the, that's when you'll find um, the issues with the gas. Either gas seeping, gas leaking, incorrect connectors, um, that kind of thing. Yeah, and these are in brand new homes, by the way, brand new built homes. And there's supposed to be licensed technicians, HVAC people, who are um, doing.
really old and there's a lot of issues with it. Okay, so we'll go back to the house. Uh, so we're in a new house. We're at the stairs. We checked the gaps on the left and right-hand side. Uh, we checked for the nail strip and the tack strip to see if there's any tack showing. Now, if we get upstairs to the very top, if there's still a high-rise carpet, we're going to also check gapping around the issue to see if there's if there's more. Um, so after that, or else, we're going to go ahead and check the bedrooms, check for gaps around the baseboards. Some issues I found is the carpet hasn't been cut up to par, so you're going to have carpet that's not all the way going to the to the wall. So it cuts short. So you can see, you can see it literally cuts short of the baseboards. So it's it's really horrible. Uh, what else? Windows upstairs, bathrooms. It's pretty much. Oh, and then the attic space where they have the gas issue. Um, installation issues in the attic space has been very common. On all the new built houses for Voyeur uh, Homes. Uh, where else? Lenore's been using foam. Until Morrison's been using other things. Other methods. So, usually it's a tech show. Uh, type of half inch plywood with a reflective coating on it to protect it on one side. Very common. And then... So you have to really look around the new houses because in the attic space is going to be the most common issues. And then safety issues will be the staircase and attic spaces. Hot water heaters are usually okay. Garage doors will have issues with the left and right hand side of the garage doors. will be missing a weather sill or a rubber flap. You'll have issues with um, underneath the garage door. The weather sill has been cut too short. So you open up and close the garage door. You'll notice that there's a little strip underneath the garage door, that little rubber piece right there. In the new homes lately, they've all been cut too short. So there's a gap on the bottom left, bottom right-hand side. They should have been longer. I don't know why they're doing that. I couldn't tell you. But that's been the most common issues. And, you know, yesterday we were supposed to have two people come in to do the podcast with me. One was a realtor, one was a home inspector. Um, both had something at last minute, so we'll be bringing them in <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, at a later time. Uh, so we'll have more people. Uh, I'm going to be calling a lot more other uh, home inspectors and realtors and, and getting them in the podcast as well. So we can all talk about different things that they've seen in the new homes, old homes, what they expect from home inspections. Realtors, I... Would be point of view would be really nice so we can kind of understand what the realtors and what the homeowners are expecting. I'll talk to some potential homeowners soon and record them on then we'll put that on a podcast with their permission. Where basically <clears throat> excuse me, what their most important aspect of a home that they think is. And these will probably be people who are now buying homes who have been rented a long for a long time, or people who or from out of country, depending if I can get those, um, how many families I can get in. I know a couple's uh, right now that are looking for houses that are, uh, one, one couple's from Canada, and I think another couple was from um, the Philippines. So it'd be good to get their perspective on what they're looking for to see if everybody's looking for the same thing. But I'll be bringing in something like that as an addition to the podcast so people can understand um, 
and what, you know, maybe they have something to do. We're kind of running out of time today, but hey, I'll be back to probably in a couple days. I'm a little bit busy. I have some specials tomorrow in Mountain House. But hey, thank you so much for listening again, and I will um, bring more information to you when it comes, and we will all... Uh, be in this together because we all buy homes and we all have issues so definitely want to make sure that everybody um, and all their issues are taken care of anyway leave me a message if you need to any concerns anything you found you can also send me messages we can do pictures and then i can give you more details for free maybe a a free eye that way you don't have to spend money getting all this special all right well thank you so much have a great day take care